Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. I am Michael Wood, all the way in Michigan. And today we have a special guest, Candace. How are you today? I am well. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for doing the show with us. And of course, we got Trigger Trey all the way in Memphis, Tennessee. What's up, man? What's going on, people? How y'all doing? What you been up to? Same old. Study, study, study. Um, I did um, go out last night. Had me a few drinks. So I'm kind of kind of not all the way here. So y'all forgive me if um, I kind of disappear for a moment in the middle of this. <laughs> I'm going to try to stick with y'all, but I can't guarantee it. Well, we're going to let you recover as much as you need to. All right, let's get started. This week is... Hold on, hold on, Mike, hold on. I want... Uh, Uh-oh. I want uh, Miss Candace to kind of tell the people a little bit about her. Like, for instance, who who is your favorite teams? For professional or college? Both. Basketball or football? Both. Okay, so... For football, professionally, there will be the Titans, of course. Uh-oh. Go college, Titans. College football, Florida Gators. Basketball, Miami Heat. But LeBron is my favorite player. I know this person that's with me is a really big LeBron hater. Go Lakers. <laughs> I will let, I will be the first to inform I have not watched a single second of him in purple and gold. Wow. Probably won't. Wow. So, um, for college basketball, my team is, of course, again, Florida Gators. Okay. Mike, do you have a, uh, a college basketball team? Unfortunately, I'm not the college expert. I apologize. Yeah. I watch March Madness, but that's about it. I can't get into college. Awful. <laughs> I guess I'm a Memphis Tigers uh, fan by association since I go there, but I don't really watch much college at all. So, Well, you should be watching college basketball considering that you are at University of Memphis and big things are about to happen. I plan on going to a game. I'm trying to go to one of these uh, football games. Multiple of the basketball Uh, games. It's mm -hmm. going down. Is it where Nathan School works? Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be possible. (laughs) I mean, mean, you got pool down there. You can get you a suite and do your homework in the suite. Still watch the game. You think I'm a penny, don't it? Yeah. (laughs) Ain't got it like that. But all right, so we can get into uh, we can get into the show now. I just wanted her to kind of kind of let everybody know who she's running with. All right, so the first question of the day, Candace: Why do people cheat? We're gonna start right there. Why do people cheat? That's yes. interesting. Of course, that question is different for different people. Um, I guess I can separate my answer based on the genders. 
I would say for men in general, it's because men just men like something new. Um, they're wired to be fruitful and and multiply anyway. So it's kind of going against the grain to be monogamous for a band. Women, it's of course more complicated than that. Um, I believe that women cheat when they are not being fulfilled emotionally. So, you're saying so you're saying for men it's just natural for us to cheat. Um. Yes, I think it's the more appropriate word would be inherent. Hmm. Okay. So that means we can't be held at fault for it. Negative. <laughs> because even, even though it's inherent, you are still given the ability to choose, make decisions about what it is that you will and won't do. So. So. Go ahead. So you said for women, it's more emotional. Definitely. I mean, that's literally the difference. It's physical, and it's it's physical, and it's more so like a genetic thing in terms of a man, and then for a woman, it's emotional. I guess. Mm, you go ahead, Mama. I got to I got to simmer on that for a minute. I I do have a question about that. So when. <laughs> When women cheat, do you feel as if they put their heart and soul into cheating? Or is it, how can I say it? Or is it out of necessity they feel like they went through all causes and they have no no other thing but to cheat? They have to cheat. Hmm, that's a difficult question to answer. I I will say this before a woman cheats on a man she has probably given that man multiple opportunities to correct or rectify whatever it is that's making her consider cheating Um, in my it's been my experience just from you know, personally, you know, my friends, family members, that it usually takes a woman a very long time before she makes the decision to actually cheat. So I think that when it does happen, it's probably a perceived necessity of course it's not actually necessary to do that um but just as being humans we all feel that there are certain things that we need and if we're not getting those things from the source that we currently have we're gonna go out and seek it somewhere else so i think for women that it's you know, once it gets to that point, it's, it's probably just a perceived necessity that they do it. And once they do it, they do actually give 
you know, themselves to that person because it's emotional. You know, that's the cause and the root of it anyway. It's because of the emotional aspect. Well, what about, like, the women that... You said, because you're saying it's emotional. What about the women that they they kind of go into the relationship with what I say is like a pre a predetermined mode of, of exit or cheating, you know. Like you have the women that have the male best friends that they've My best friend is a man. Let me finish. The male best friends that they have had relations with or has had a, a you know, some type of dealings with um, that go that they bring into their relationships or you know the play brothers or the um just any those type of people that you bring into the relationship that are kind of your exits for that relationship like can you really give your all into a relationship when you go into it with bringing all your your baggage and all your you know stuff like that into it See, now we're talking about different kinds of people. I mean, there are some people that that's just what they do. That's just who they are. They're not, that. those are the ones that are not actually seeking love, that are just feeling voids. That's, that's different than a person that's actually seeking a fulfilling relationship. There those two, those two different kinds of people will have different reasons for cheating. So, the type of person that you're describing, that's I wouldn't even involve myself with that person from Jump Street because that's just who they are. That's what they're what they do. There's nothing that you would be able to do to change their mind about it. It will be completely up to them. Okay. So, what, what would a woman that's looking for love, like, tell, tell the, the, the guys out here what a woman that's looking for love would look like and would, would act like? Would, what would we see? First, y'all will see whatever it is that y'all want to see. That's number <laughs> one. That is number one. As a fee, as a as a woman that, for me personally, my experiences in dating have been very very interesting. Um, I, of course, I have a little person. Most people our age do at least have one or two. Um, I don't have any drama with her dad. We co-parent very well. You know, of course, there's always going to be some disagreements here and there just simply because we're two different people and we think different. But for the most part, things are done the way that they should be done. I work. I'm not a leash. I'm not a leech for anybody. I don't need anyone to take care of me or do anything for me. Um, I consider myself to be a caring considerate person and i will pre- i will put everything that i have into the relationship with the right person however i have found that even though men say that these are things that they want <laughs> that is not true at all 
<laughs> they want the women that will key their car that is crazy and psychotic and I am neither of those things and for, and for most of the good women that I know that I know are good women they will be there for a man the way that they say that they want a woman to be there but they're single but all the psycho women that I know that are crazy deranged and, and cheat they're hmm. not single hmm what do, you, what do you think about that Mike uh, man, it's it's hard because I think th- I think I've come to the conclusion that seventy five percent of women and men honestly don't know what they want. They might say what they want, or they they can guess what they want, but you can still give it to them. And I don't know if it's uh, fear of being scared or just a fear of your past relationships or whatever the case may be. I just honestly think that for whatever reason, men and women honestly don't know what they want. Or if they do, they get scared and they just say, you know what? It's too good to be true. I don't want this anymore and just up and leave. And it's, it's sad, especially if it's kids involved, but for whatever reason, I'll never understand that. So. But that is true. Most people have no idea what they actually want. I agree with that. Now, are we talking about the younger, like early 20s? Period. But we talking, we talking about overall, over In the board. general. Yeah. Don't know what period. Want, I promise you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they just don't know. I think at, at twenty five, fifty five. I think at at our age, you should we should know what we want. We should have a pretty good understanding of what we want, and and know that if a person isn't giving us that or not, and you know, go from there. Like, but yeah, in my experience, should, should yeah, in my experience, y'all are right. Most people don't know what they want. A lot of people think they want one thing and like you say, once they get into it and they uh, realize that it's not what they want, it's not what they thought it was, it's not all peaches and cream and yeah, they they leave. But, <clears throat> I mean, is that necessarily a bad thing? I would want a person if they came into it and realized early on that I'm not what they want. I would want them to leave. I wouldn't want to stay and put in years of of work towards something that you know isn't going to last. Well, Trey, that's the key phrase in your sentence, early on. How many times do you get that early on? It's typically after you've been together two, three, four years, and then all of a sudden, well, you know, I don't want this anymore. Now, I've wasted two, three, four years of time that I can't get back, and you can buy a lot of things, you can replace a lot of things, but time is something that you cannot give back. That is true. I think somebody knows. Between the two people, somebody has an Some idea is. early. We just sometimes, depending on how involved things are early, meaning sexually, we choose to ignore things. 
instead of actually paying attention to what we should be paying attention to. We let the good good influence our decisions sometimes. And we shouldn't. That's almost all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think everybody's guilty of that one. (laughs) But, um... So, Mike, what or do you agree with Candace? Like, why do you think men and women cheat? So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be all the way honest with you. I've been in ten million relationships, <laughs> okay. and I've never cheated one time. I don't believe in cheating because honestly, what ends up happening is. Cheating causes karma. Oh. And the one thing I know about life is karma will take care of everything. Yes, Might not take care of it right then and there when you're in your feelings, but over time, I've heard you, karma will take care of everything. I, The thing that I don't understand about cheating is if you feel like you're not getting what you deserve or whatever you want in that relationship, why Why not just in that relationship? You don't have to end it on bad terms. Just end it. Just, hey, this ain't working out for me. I wish you nothing but the best, so on and so forth. But for whatever reason, I feel like it's a tit-for-tat thing. It's a back-and-forth thing, and I've never, I've never been the type to do that, and I don't understand that. Hmm, I think that you are probably a person or individual that's stronger than a lot of people. For most, it's there is something about that person that they don't want to let go. Um, Or also, for a lot of people, they're just afraid of being alone and feel like they may not be able to find somebody else. Um generally people that are not happy with themselves are ones that will stay most people are not happy with themselves unfortunately so Candace that leads me to ask you this question are we as a society sincerely seeking love or are we in a relationship just to fill a void of some sort. That depends on the individual. Um, I believe that, as I alluded to earlier, those um, that come in, like Trey was saying, with a lot of baggage or other people already involved and say they want this, say they want that, but they have a thousand different people you know, as backup plans, those people are just looking to fill a void. But the people that are that, you know, are really truly interested in having a relationship, looking for something fulfilling, that are happy with themselves, those people are seeking love. So it literally just depends on the it depends on the individual. So so me personally, I one thing that I look for when I'm uh dating is I want to know um who's 
know who's in the, in my uh potential girls circle. So like like Mike, when you're talking to a girl or whatever, and I know it's been a while for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you're talking to a girl or whatever, you find, you know you talk, asking about you know her friends and all that, and you know she always talking about her her best friend or whatever, and you find out her best friend's a guy. Now I don't know about you, but my first question to her is gonna be, "Are y'all friends or are y'all friends?" You know, and see, that's when you gotta do some investigation. You gonna have to dig for that. A lot of them now will tell you straight up, like, "Yeah, we we used to mess off, but we're just friends now, and this and that." And to me, right there, that's that's the cutoff. Like you stop, you stop there. But I I wasn't always like that. I used to be like a naive and just be like, "Okay, well, I'm a I'm a trust her what she says. They ain't messing off or nothing like that." But and you know, you try to see the best in people. Or, you know, just try to give people the benefit of the doubt. You should probably still do that. Not forever, but you should probably still do that before you just right. say, no, I'm done. Because you might be missing out because of what you're perceiving to be and what not actually is. Okay. But I, I see it is. I see it as. I see that as a, a person that can't let go of her past. But that may not be the case. That one, you're only looking for one person. That one person that you choose to make that decision for and you don't have all the facts could have been the one person that was the one for you. So it's not fair to you or that person for you to make that decision without doing at least some investigating to know. To know, I mean, what what's to know if she tell if she tells you that yeah they used to smash, what's to know? So that doesn't mean that they're currently doing anything with each other or that they even want to, and it doesn't mean that they can't let that person go. It could have genuinely been, genuinely been that they had some type of sexual connection, but there was nothing else, and they found out or realized. That they're better off just being friends, but they're good friends. There's still some benefit to the relationship with that person. Okay. That happens a lot. Why is that? Because <laughs> people choose who they want to be in their circle. If the person is someone, I put it to you like this <clears throat> this is better. For example, my daughter's dad. If I did not have my daughter with him, we could still be friends. The reason that we could still be friends, for one, before anything sexual occurred between us, we were just friends. I met him in high school. Um, he went out to college because I was a couple of years behind him. I got married, moved away. And a few years later, when I came back, came back, we just ran into each other at the store. Um, and like I said before, everything was completely platonic. There was no 
know any type of vibes like that. We were literally just friends. He was this goofy, nerdy guy, real green and naive. And that was refreshing to me, you know, to come across a guy that wasn't trying to hop in the pants and just, you know. So, I, as a friend, he was a good person. We had really good conversations with each other. I could talk to him about anything. And we can still do that. Mm-hmm. There's to, no ill will. To me, to me, you naming all the reasons why I wouldn't want that, a type of guy like that in my girl's life. Why? Because you just said y'all y'all have that type of connection. Y'all can talk about anything. But just, I don't want but, to be with him. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm bringing it around. I'm bringing it back full circle. So you said that women are emotional cheaters. Mm-hmm. So if me and my woman get into it, we get into it real bad. Most people, when they go there, who who are they going to vent to? Do you let me? Do you think that the person that you would be dating would be an emotionally mature person or immature person? Does that exist? Yes. And I say that because, like I said, I do not, absolutely, positively not want to be with my daughter's father in any capacity aside from taking care of her co-parenting and us just literally being friends and being able to talk about a lot of different things that is it is our we've already visited the relationship aspect sleeping together all of that and it was great it was absolutely wonderful however i know that anything else I know that sleeping with him is not a good idea because that leads to other things I am an emotionally mature person been there done that I know there's no reason for me to do that again I know what's good I know what's bad it's good for what's happening right now so it's whether or not you choose a emotionally mature person or an emotionally immature person because there is a difference the mature one is gonna know. Fire. Don't touch it. <laughs> so But in the beginning stages you don't know if that woman's emotionally mature or not. Which is why you still have to investigate. That's up to it's up to you. You'll know. It like it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to be able to tell what a person is going to do, what they're about. You just keep in mind before you start investing so much. That initially, your it's your eyes are wide open. You're paying attention to this person's actions, what they're doing, how they treat you, how they treat other people. That's what you're doing. That you're feeling that person out, but you don't invest so much of yourself initially that you're blind. And a lot of people do that. They give up too much of themselves too soon, and it makes it where they can't see these things. But if you hold back some. You'll be able to see exactly what you need to see. Because people, they will show you who they are. Sooner rather than later. I do have a quick question, though. Why is there a... And I I don't want the men to get mad at me, but I want to know why. Why is there a double standard to where... If my best friend is a girl... And we used to mess off back in the day. It's cool for my part. But vice versa. Oh, I can't trust her. 
because she's a girl. Negro, because Why y'all know. It's because y'all. I'm taking your man card. Mike. It's because men I, know what what other men are capable of, and vice versa. That's all. We know what women are capable of too. I know that, but y'all really know <laughs> what men are because that's what you are. You know that, and women know. We know that we can still kind of sort of manipulate the situation if need be. Y'all know that y'all would be caught off guard if something were to happen. But a woman, we're going to know. We are going to know. If you, if, if Keisha's supposed to be your best friend before, like the second before you get ready to slide something in Keisha, we're going to know. <laughs> uh, if something is going to go off, some type of signal, bat signal or something is going to go off and say, mm. Okay, I know what he is doing right now. We could be in the bed, sleep. We would get awakened out of our sleep and know right then and there what is going down. Mm. <laughs> so, Kansas. <laughs> so, would you date a guy who has a, a female best friend that he that he smashed on? Again. <laughs> I, I keep having to go back to my daughter's father, but that's a situation where he has a lot of female friends. So I did date him. So yes, I would. Okay. Mike, would you? I'm, I've been married. This is my second marriage. I've learned everything that I need to know about people. And it's like Candace said, people will show their true intentions sooner rather than later. So, if I was really, really interested, yes, but my guard would probably be up the entire time. But yes, I would give it a try. Until you find out. I mean, until you find out. You, there's nothing you can do until you know what you know, basically. And that's how I try to look at it. I really do try to give people benefit of doubt. Because when I'm done with you, I am done with you. So, that's why I try to be fair. Completely fair. So that when we have to have the conversation, because I don't do the, I'm just going to cut you off. I'm done. I'm not, we're not going to have a conversation about anything. I'm just going to block you, not talk to you anymore. I don't do that. He can't get a second chance? We'll we'll converse about the situation. But once I've come to the conclusion that it's not going to work, this is after I have exhausted all resources this is after I have done all the investigating that I need to do, and I now know what I need to know. So anything that they say, I'm going to listen, but nine times out of ten, they've already shown me that it's not what they're saying. Hmm. So, Cold that's when the scissors have to come into play. It's time to cut. Cold game. Uh-huh. All right, <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> next question. This is this is a hard one for me. So, in your opinion, why can't black men and women get along? Why do you feel like we question each other? Always point the finger at each other. Why are we in such in cohesion with each other? For me, this is actually an easy question. And I will start with this. 
there was a period in time in which um, black families were very strong. It was a thing to actually, you know, it was a, it was a good thing. It was popular for there to be a strong family unit. There was a husband, wife, kids. There was respect amongst each other. And over time, things happened um, to change that. So, some of the things that have happened to change that is um, advances in education. We were, we have, we've been open for, with more opportunities before men had the opportunity to do things that women were not able to do. Um, but now women have more opportunities to do things in the playing field is more level now. With that, I think that people, when people get comfortable with something, they don't take advantage of it as much. And I think regarding men, that happened. Um, they were advancing, progressing, doing things to better themselves, and then they got comfortable and stopped. But once women were given that opportunity, they took it and ran with it. And so it's like, there are more men standing still and more women moving forward. Um, so if, if they're already moving in different directions anyway, it's, it's going to be difficult for them to be able to get along with each other. It's always been the man is the breadwinner, the man is the provider, the man is this, the man is that. But more black women are more educated, more black women make more money. And men do have egos. Um, and at this point, women are entitled to have theirs too. So it's like, if I am, um, you can't expect me to wash all the dishes, cook every day, take care of the kids, help them with their homework, and go to work, and I make more money than you, and you just go to work. Ooh, shit. I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, it's 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 until until we are able to understand that the roles have changed and things um, should be more equal than they are currently. It's going to be a problem. It's it's time for our black men to start progressing and stop holding themselves back when they when the when the black male overall gets back on the same level as the black woman i believe that things will get better but for right now it's just not the case so it's a lot of animosity there trey how you feel about that man <laughs> oh <Be> I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say bro <laughs> I mean, it's what I'm saying is not. This is not something I pulled out of my butt. It's not. I promise, it's not. This is something. There, there have been studies done on this. There are statistical facts to back. Like over the last couple of decades, seriously, the amount of women that is proven. Black women make more money right now. 
black women are more educated than our black male counterparts point blank period what influences relationships is dependency you are depending on that on an individual for certain things it worked because women were dependent upon men for certain things now they don't have to be so now you have to be able to fulfill my emotional needs you never learned how to do it so now what because you now because you you can't just you sleeping with me it's not just gonna work because i can go to crystals right now and buy something to take care of that your check that's not gonna really do too much because mine is bigger than yours so can you fulfill me emotionally can you learn how to fulfill me emotionally when the only thing that you know and the only thing that you've known and you've been taught is just to bring home your check and to sleep with me so with that being said how exactly is the man supposed to learn how to fulfill the woman emotionally if he's never been taught how to do that listen and ask questions the same way you learn how to you you have a child your child has emotional needs you've never been a parent a day in your life but you have to learn how to become one the way that you do that is you listen you pay attention to that child you learn them and then you know what you need to do but see that's that's trial and error it's the same you don't, thing. You don't get. You don't. You're not allotted that many opportunities with that with that woman. Again, this goes into the emotional maturity or immaturity of the person that you are choosing to date. If the conversation is had initially, you know this is where we are. This is where I am as a person. Then whoever it is that you're dating, they're gonna know what your limitations are. And then it's up to you to say, okay, I want to work on these. Are you willing to help me work on my limitations? That person says yes or no. If that person chooses to say yes, there are some things they're going to have to live with. They are accepting the fact that you are going to make mistakes. And it's going to be okay because you two are choosing to work on fixing those limitations that you have. That's listening and asking questions. That's a part of being in a relationship that people just, their communication aspect just seem to go out the window quite a bit. Hmm. I will say, in my opinion, I don't know, I want to say it started off early. There was always this thing to where I felt like And I don't, I don't think it was like a world thing. I just think it's just in our culture. I always felt like it was made to seem as if the men or the, the dads don't really matter. And I've always felt that way. I've always felt like it's been a message to where it's all about the single, single mothers. And I think it's got ingrained in our heads to where now in a society women feel like they don't need a man you shouldn't need and, 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 one 
And in a way, that's basically what it is. But you shouldn't need anyone. You should want, have a desire because that person should be a compliment to you. But you shouldn't need because if if you need them, then that means that there is something you're, that you're lacking within yourself. Well, Candace, when you were growing up, would you say when you were growing up that you needed your father? I absolutely needed my father. And that's where it goes, right well, there. I can't right. You can't raise yourself though. Once you become, exactly. once you become, but that's, hmm. it, they don't put it into our heads where I feel like in our culture, not for anybody else, it's one of those things where I honestly feel like, especially if you grew up without your father, I just feel like they put it to where, do you, do you really need a dad in the household? Do you really need a husband in the household? Women have been doing it by themselves for so long. Well, why would you need a man at this point? And I feel like that it's to the 10th power now. Do um, you need a man? No. But well, we wouldn't talk- it be nice to have a two-person household? We are so talking about two different things right now. So... <laughs> I'm going to throw out there that this is a conversation in regards to the to black men and, and fathers being in the household. This is a conversation that's been frequently had amongst me and, you know, my female friends and whatnot. So I will tell you from a woman's standpoint. That with everything you just said, that is definitely just a male perspective. That that has nothing to do with how a woman actually feels about the situation. We do not want to raise our children alone. We absolutely do not want that. It is not the thought process, I don't need you. When a woman is ends up raising a child alone, it is out of necessity. It is not because that is what we actually want. Nor does society dictate that for us. But like I said, that's from a woman's perspective that that's not what we want. That is absolutely positively not what we want. As a matter of fact, one of my friends, one of my very, very close friends, she is with her kids that <clears throat> she has two children with this person. She's with him and has been with him for all of these years, even though she feels like there is probably someone that she's more compatible with. They might be more fulfilling, but she's still with that man. And she does not have to be, but she is because she does not want to raise her children alone. And there are a lot of women that do that. Like, women want their kids to have their fathers. And I, like, there's more women that want the dads in their kids' lives than not. But I think that it's so, it's more noise. It's louder. The, the women, the women that are out there that may be trifling because they exist. <clears throat> Those that are out there, they're louder. So their voices get heard, but for the majority of women, they are not like that. They do want their their kids to have their dads in their lives. We just don't have to make all that noise. 
but it's it's definitely not something that's dictated by society that we don't want the dads to be involved. I don't think that that has as much of a bearing on why we can't get along. I think <clears throat> I think we can't get along because like like kind of going off what Candace was saying like the women are more educated, they make more money, they're more successful than men now. But I I think that it's kind of gone to to their heads and it's in a situation now where Man, no matter what you do, you're not enough. Black man, you're not enough for this strong, successful woman because for so long, men have been on top and women are just enjoying being on top. And they're like, pretty much like, fuck you. You know, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, and... What's with the whole? Let's see, we can we can go to another one. Like the whole thing about um, black women. I'm, I'm jumping completely to another topic because it just hopped in my head about black women uh, having issues with black men dating white women. We don't care. A lot of women care. Mm, it's okay. This is the thing. This is what I feel about that. It is that black men, they choose to date white women. Not all, but a good portion. It's not that you're choosing to date a white woman. It's that you choose to date a white woman and bash black women and say black women are the reason for you dating a white woman. No, you're dating that white woman because you want to date her. It doesn't have anything to do with black women. I do, I do hear that a lot from, from men, black men that date white women. So that's the thing. It's, like I said, it's the problem is not because you date who you want to date. You cannot help who you fall in love with that's like or who you are attracted to. We want what we want. It is what it is. But don't try to trash or take down a, a whole demographic because this is a personal choice for you. It's not fair to us. We don't do that. If I make the decision to date a white man, I'm not going to say that I'm dating this white man because black men aren't this. Black men do this and black men don't do that. I'm not going to do that. Somebody may, a black man may have hurt me, but this white man could hurt me just the same as that black man did. So I'm not going to hold it against an entire demographic of men just because I'm making this decision to date this man. Very good point. I did, Like I said, I do, I do see that a lot. I have an um, a old friend of mine from high school that um, is with a white woman. And when I talk to him after so long he uh was very excited about how he was done with black women and uh being with a white woman was the best decision of his life and everything <clears throat> and you know to each his own i love my queens but i don't really you know love doesn't have a color but um as far as the whole uh what we were talking about originally i think 
I don't know, the whole, you know, emotional connecting and whatever, I don't think, it shouldn't be that hard to do, you know, um, connecting to with your woman's needs, but it's kind of hard to do that when your woman is essentially tearing you down for not being as successful as she is. When more than likely, y'all levels were kind of decided when y'all decided to be together. I mean, sure... Sure, you could you can raise yours up and get to her level, possibly, maybe not. But if if your woman has a a doctorate degree and she's making six figures and you only have a bachelor's degree and you're happy with your bachelor's and what you do, you know, I don't see how that's a problem to me. Now, does that actually happen though? I mean, does that is that what if there is a relationship between two people and the levels of income and education is different, is are the complaints actually about that? Or are the complaints about the emotional aspects of the relationship? That's the thing. Like, is it constantly being thrown in their face that, oh, I have this and you only have this? Like, is that what's actually transpiring? Well, and I think it's more of, I think it's more of, on the woman's side of it, like you say, the man's not living up to your expectations of, you know, what he should be doing emotionally or maybe financially as well. Uh, on the man's side of it, I think, I think a lot of men feel like the woman that's doing better than them and making more than them loses that respect for him because he's not doing it, but he's not, he's not doing it better than she is. And so it becomes an issue of pretty much she's it like you say it's the ego. Um, I was I, yeah. I it's the ego, you know. But at the same time, you know, you can you can be the woman can be the uh, the breadwinner, can be the big shot and everything of the house without having to tear her man down for not doing it. I think that I'm probably going to upset some men right now. <laughs> But I think that that is completely a male ego driven concept. I think that there are exceptions. There's always exceptions to everything. But I think that that is something that comes that comes into the man's mind that probably does not even exist at all like in his mind what's preventing him from doing things or fulfilling her is because what he thinks he's supposed to do he's gonna come back to what's been ingrained forever he's supposed to be the breadwinner so he feels less than himself not because she said that he's less than or she's giving off the vibe that he's less than. She's choosing to be with you even though you have less. So the decision's already been made that it's okay. But the man has to accept that it's okay too. But for some reason, that something about that male ego is so hard and it's so difficult to just let it go. Both people have to make the decision that it's okay that she makes more. I'm cool with that. I'm okay. I'm straight. I'm not going to let that influence how I treat her. Like, 
But I think, like I said, for men, that, that ego is so hard to let go. And they will start to feel that it's a problem when the woman didn't actually make it a problem. You just feel like that, but that's not what it is. Mike, you've been pretty quiet over there. I feel like she's a young advantage. She thinks that my life on the low over here. I'm just sitting back like, man, this kind of sounds familiar. (laughs) 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 But I have to agree, the male ego sometimes does get in the way of some things. And, oh, man. I'm looking in the mirror right now. I'm trying to keep talking. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself, Mike. Let's let's move on to the next one. That one one got kind of (laughs) deep. Let's see. That's the big though, truly. I mean, no, just the reason why men and women, black men and black women in particular, because this is not anywhere near as big of a deal in other demographics. Like, it's not. But for us, it's like crabs in a barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like I said, I just think that if we can just get on the same page, it will be better. It will be better as a whole. For black love. Oh, definitely. Definitely, I agree. We got to find us some type of way to get to it. What's what's the what's the next question, Mike? All right, the last and final question: Can ladies forgive men for things that have happened in the past as a culture? We want an honest answer. Yes. Very honest. Very very honest. Probably very, not. Very, very, very honest, yes. Probably not. And I'm going to say that will be because, and this will be deep and I apologize, but if we look at the totem pole of people across demographics and amongst our race, the black woman has been the most dumped on person like cause we get we have to get dumped on from other demographics and also our men so we are literally the bottom of the bottom it it is what it is even though cause even though we make more than black men right now even though we're more educated than black men we are still seen as having less value so for us because we have to deal with these things from other demographics and fight with them and now you the one person that's supposed to be able to identify with me you want to bash me and then you want to go and join the other demographics and reproduce with them and leave the lead these productive lives with them and leave me hanging in the wind i don't know that i can forgive it's kind of difficult i i'm getting it from everywhere and now i have nobody 
So, <sighs> gonna have to go with no on that one. Yeah, it was it was tough. <laughs> yeah, I sat that one down to my soul, yeah. Right. So, oh man, how did you even come back to that? Shit, Trey, I'm, Trey, I'm starting to realize something. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have to take my black card again on oh, one episode. Oh, about 99.2% of these niggas ain't shit. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. Mike! <laughs> Bruh! <laughs> now you and know. I have to put I myself got... in that 99.2. <laughs> Mike, I gotta talk so crazy to on the last podcast for giving a shout out to all the single mothers. What you think finna happen with, for what you just said? <laughs> Oh Lord, mercy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, I'm just keeping it as real as I can possibly keep it. It's hard. It's very, very difficult to see and feel. And I, for me personally, from like even as a young person, that that progresses through most things very quickly, like at work Mm -hmm. for example getting into supervisory roles in a very male dominated field how do you think that went for me there were so many questions about well how did she get picked for Mm -hmm. what what did they give it to her for and you've witnessed you've seen these people i'm sure you didn't know about what was being said but that's what I had to deal with when I got put when I got put into a supervisory role. That's what it was. Why? Why her? You know, one because they didn't see they didn't see my value. They didn't know she has a bachelor's degree in business already. And in a, in a previous life, I worked in banking. I was the bank manager at twenty two years old. Hmm. So it was what it was. Like I, I do me. You know, I do me try to excel at everything it is that I do, that I put efforts in, because if I don't, what's the purpose? But I have to deal with that. And then on top of having to deal with that, I got my black men sticking knives in my back, too. And they're upset with me because I'm excelling. How is that fair? And then I have to hear you say, I'm going over here to this white woman because she's not going to nag me. She's not going to do this. She's not going to do that. I'm just like, hmm, I can treat you like the king that you want to be treated as, but how are you going to treat me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree with her. I do I do work in the same field she does, and yeah, it's very male-dominated, uh, very male-white-dominated. <laughs> Yes, it is. Um, and it's a lot of backstabbing, a lot of cattiness, you know. It, it's 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 bad. So, I feel her on that. It's definitely right. the case. But that's across the board in all things. Though. Not just this particular field, like I said, because I've been in a, a totally different field than this one. 
You know, in that aspect, it was women that I had to deal with of another of a different demographic than what I deal with in this field. But it still was the same thing, the exact same thing. You have to deal with all of this stuff from other people. You just want everybody wants somebody that they can relate to, and we want we want to be able to relate to our own. You are the most like me. Why don't you like me? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that, that definitely goes to, to ego. You know. Uh, black men, we got to do better. We got to start bringing up our women. And ourselves. A lot of them just miserable themselves. So they want everybody to be miserable with them. Um... And the thing about it is black women can help with that. That's the thing. If we're getting ahead, one thing I've always been taught from my mother and from my father is that if you see something that you want, you want to achieve it, you want to accomplish it, and no one around you has what it is that you're trying to achieve. If you see someone that does have it, you get to know that person. So that you can find out what it takes for you to be able to get there. You surround yourselves with those that you want to be like. So what I can't comprehend is if the black man knows that he wants to be successful, he wants to become more educated, he wants to make more, why does he not go to the most educated, successful woman Across all of the demographics that there is. Like, why can he not see that if that's what he wants, that's what he should have? Maybe. Maybe they are doing it in their minds. Are they? I mean, I just, I, I've had a I lot see. of conversations and I've seen a lot of things in my Several years of being single. It's been very interesting to say the least. I'm I'm a I'ma just go on out and say say this. Um and what I've what I've seen and experienced with people of our of our uh, communities when when they need feel like they need to go up uh to another level or they need help or whatever, they will go to a white person like and I'm gonna use my what my current situation now I'm, I'm in nursing school and I you know it, we have we it, very diverse crowd of people it's 150 of us there's black people there's white people there's Asian people Hispanic every everybody's there but and you know around the first couple of weeks you know everybody started building their little cliques or their little study groups or whatever and you know we had our first exams and everything and a lot of the people who didn't do very well started migrating towards the white the whiter uh the white groups they felt like they had a better chance of learning or passing the next exam if they got with with them it didn't matter that the person with the highest grade on the exam was black <laughs> that didn't matter they mm -hmm. felt like they got with the white the white people 
that they would have a better chance. Now, Conditioning, in right. other words. Yes. This whole perception versus reality thing is crazy. Right. And you see and you see that it's like um I, I guess it's like it's built in our in our DNA now that we don't we don't go to each other for assistance. We we feel some type of way. We gotta compete with each other. But we'll give all the props and everything for our success to another another race, another demographic. And that goes back to the not having the unity within our, ourselves. We can't get along because we don't trust each other. We don't trust our black women, our black women don't trust don't trust us. And it's just it's just a, a, a never-ending cycle. Which is crazy. It is. I mean, it's really crazy. And to me, it's... The most absurd thing about it is that there was a period of time in which it worked. Everything was okay. It's not like we don't have an example. It's not like we don't have many years of examples of there being unity amongst our race but all of a sudden we just decide to tear all of it apart and go to what we are now that's crazy mr mike yes you're getting quiet over there again don't keep calling you out (laughs) (laughs) you're trying to get me in trouble man I will say this has probably been the most enlightening interview we've done. I've I feel like I've learned more today in this forty five minutes to an hour than any interview that we've done. And I feel like it would be rude if I didn't ask Candace to do another episode whenever she has free time. I feel like there's so many other topics that we need to hit on. So, Candace, you have to come back, please. Pretty please. I will definitely <laughs> do that. I, I have one more question for Candace and, and for you, Mike. Go ahead. And, do you say? Uh, this came from one of my uh, friends at um, school when I brought up the topic to him. And we got to having a conversation about it. And we realized, like, we all have different definitions of what settling is in a relationship. So... I wanted to ask you and Candace what to y'all what is settling. We'll let you go first, Mike. Okay, I I, I hate to bring a friend up, but I feel like that would probably be a definition of settling. If she's still with someone for the kids, I understand that. Of course, these are your kids, and you don't want to necessarily disrupt their life and upbringing and take them away from their father, but it could easily get to a point to where they get a little bit older and then they notice their mom isn't necessarily happy on her own, and then that brings up questions as well. So we can go numerous kind of ways, honestly, but... At the end of the day, you have to live with yourself with that. That's something that you control as your being. So it just all depends on what you want 
I'm, I, as I've gotten older and lived the life that I've lived, I'm very, very thankful for it. I, my upbringing as a child was a little bit different than everybody else's, so I got to see way more than maybe the normal person. So, traveling for me isn't really an option. I, sometimes I do feel like maybe I settled with school-wise. Maybe I should go back to school and do some other things. That part of my life I'm not happy with, but that's up for me to change and do on my own. Nobody can really push me into any direction on that front. That's something that I would have to do. Hmm. So, settling, I think that settling, in order to know whether or not you're settling, for one, you first have to know what it is that you want. Um, and as we discussed earlier, most people don't even know what they want to even be able to define settling. Um, but ultimately, the definition of settling is different for every individual. For me personally, settling would be if I chose a mate that I am that I know that I'm not very compatible with that person. Like there's some things that are important to me in terms of my priorities. I would like a person that I found out that sports, sports clearly is very important to me. Um, but there was a point in time where I would say that I could date a person that doesn't like sports. That would have been okay. But over time, I have found out that I probably cannot date a person that does not like sports. Or I guess it would depend on whether or not just because it's important to me if that person will have some kind of interest. You don't have to like love sports as much as I do, but at least be willing to at watch least it with be you. willing, to, you know, at least be willing to show some type of interest or be excited that I'm excited about something sports related. Um so if I got with somebody, if they didn't like sports and they had like zero interest whatsoever, that would definitely be settling for me. Also, I am a, um, and sexually, that's actually, that's important as well. A lot of people say that it's not, but it is. If you're going to be with somebody for an extended period of time, you have to have sexual compatibility. If I got with someone and there's certain things that they won't do or they don't do or whatever, then it's probably not going to work out. Um, so, my definition of settling is being with someone that I know cannot fulfill my wants and needs emotionally and physically. Okay. I think I agree with that. Um, 
<clears throat> settling for me is being with someone, like she said, being with someone that you're not compatible with or that you're not attracted to. You just you're with them for the convenience of being with someone. So and so, but I I kind of get confused like for women. Like, if you're dating someone, like, if you start dating someone, you, you used to date a certain type of guy, a certain look, certain build, certain type of way they act, and then you end up with a guy who's none of that. Well... Is that settling? For no, because that part, as women get older... That like that stuff does not really matter that much, and it changes over time. To be honest with you, like one thing that will come out if I continue to do interviews <laughs> is that I'm probably like the biggest nerd ever. So I read a lot, and there are a lot of scientific studies about a woman's attraction to a man based on what de- what decade of age she's in. In her 20s, she's probably going to be more attracted to a guy that's like the rough around the edges. So that's why y'all feel like that because it, naturally they're going to be attracted to the bad boys in the 20s. The closer that she gets to her 30s, she's going to be more attracted to a guy that looks like he's capable of of reproducing with her and producing children that will be productive citizens. So she's going to want more of a, a, a straight edge guy or, you know, somebody that looks like, you know, looks presentable, that's less risky than she would have chosen in her 20s. Then once women get into the, to the 30s, the physique is less important. They don't care as much about that. It's more so... Actually, we're more attracted to guys that are not as in shape when we get in our thirties. Um, oh, because Mike, at that point, I'm gonna have to talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, it's more so about being emotionally fulfilled. It's not as much about the physical attraction to the person, more so the emotional attraction to that person. Um, and then the closer women get to their forties, it's about something totally different. Money, 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 money. No, you'd be surprised. <laughs> that is not what it's about. The, to go to talk to them women in Mississippi. Well, things go in the opposite direction for men and women. For men, you y'all kind of have reached certain peaks earlier in life. For women, they reach those peaks later in life. So at that point, it's more so about does he look like he can do certain things? Like he can tear that thing up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I get you. I get you. So. Okay. So. So no is the answer to your question. It's not wouldn't be settling because it doesn't like as time progresses as we get older, it doesn't matter. Okay, so the big the big dude still got a chance, y'all. That's true. All right, so before we close shop, we want to do my little fifteen minute rule that uh we bringing back. This was the second one, ain't it? We ain't did it in a while, is that Mike? 
So, I've seen three very good movies. They all passed the uh, 15 minute rule. For those who don't, might be unfamiliar with the 15 minute rule. Um, that's my, my movie rule. My TV show, movies, um, I, whatever I watch, I give it 15 minutes to from after the credits play to draw me into the movie. Within those 15 minutes, if it doesn't draw me into it, I'm done with it. And, uh, and the last one, I got a lot of flack for uh, not passing Superfly. Oh well, that movie still sucks to me. <laughs> I, I told y'all I would give it another chance. <laughs> that movie is trash. <laughs> Fight me. Uh, but what I did watch was The Nun. And of course y'all know I'm the biggest horror movie junkie there is. And I love this movie. Like I I love it. It's one of the uh one of the I guess spinoffs, is that what you would call it? Whatever to the the conjuring. And it uh kinda ties into the conjuring as well, but it's a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Scary, creepy, all that good stuff. Mike have you seen the nun? Yes, it was trash. Oh man. So, we gonna we gonna fight Mike. It was it was trash. I can't really say it was trash, so me and horror <laughs> movies, I have this thing about horror movies. They're all comedies to me. My wife loves horror movies, too. Everything's scary. She wants to watch it. And she hates me because I just sit there and laugh because it's trash. Because I don't, none of this really ever happened to anybody that I know. So I just sit there and laugh. It was, it was your typical horror movie. A lot of noise being made, a lot of people yelling for no reason at all. It was just, <laughs> yeah, it was a waste of time. You terrible, bro. Yeah, Candace doesn't watch movies, so she's uh, she's just sitting back <laughs> listening. She she's a very busy woman. She doesn't have time to watch movies. Just a little shade. Just a little. I bit. would like to watch <laughs> movies. I just have not have. I haven't had much time to as of late. So we're gonna have to get her. Get her seeing some movies. Uh, the second one is uh, Black Klansman, and I like this one. It was kind of. It was based on the true story. Um, Denzel Washington's son uh, was the star in it. I'm, I'm not sure what his name is. Um, but he's a pretty good actor and the movie is actually, it's, it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more serious, but it had me cracking up the whole time. What, what did you think about it, Mike? It was okay. I wish they would have paid a little bit more attention to detail. It was, I just feel like the movie was, was it believable, I guess? I just felt like it was some things about the movie that I felt like, mm, I think they just made this up to make the movie a little bit better than what it really is. But overall, it was a okay movie. Hmm, okay. Okay, we're going to have to talk about the dead off the air. We don't want to give no spoilers for folks who haven't seen it. What did you think of the first Purge? I, I'm I'm officially purged out. No more purges. They can, <laughs> they can do away with this movie. All right. 
it was cool, but I think I'm just done with the whole purge setting all together. It was okay. To me, nothing special. To me, it was, this was the best one out of all of them. I might no. be a little biased because it was it was very pro black, but uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, what, what, what was his name? What was the guy's name? The crazy dude, Skeletor. <laughs> That's my guy. Y'all gotta go see that movie if you haven't seen it. It's, it's really good. Kansas, all right. Right. You, gonna go see, you gonna go see it's the first the purge. purge? Probably not. Oh lord. I am not a big horror it's fan. Not, the Purge isn't horror. It's more. It's more comedy than any Thriller type typeish. It's more of an action movie, honestly. Hmm. But yeah. So we're gonna we gonna get Candace to see a movie uh one of these days. Uh Mike gonna stop hating on the nun. <laughs> and um Mr. Jeremy for all y'all who uh who missed Jeremy, he's he wasn't able to make the show today. He has uh baby things going on. Our guy has a baby on the way, so he's handling business. But we wish him well. We wish him back soon. And um, on another note, I am finna be five and zero in our fantasy league because I um, even with my best players on by, I still have one hundred and forty four points. We don't care. Man, what what they got to do with the podcast? You do the raise all off. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> just throwing it out there. But um, we would definitely have to try to get Candace back for y'all. Y'all let us know what y'all thought of her. I, I me personally, I loved her. I think Mike did too. Yes, we have to do this again. All right. So from everybody listening, this is Trigger Trey, Candace. Mike? Yes. We'll holler at y'all later.